0: Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now, I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. Hey there seasoned athletes. On this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about the benefits of exercise and living an active and athletic lifestyle for your physical health, especially as we age. It's super important. And if you're a regular listener, you definitely know this by now. But today, we're going to turn our attention to exercise as a coping mechanism for mental health. Because as you know, we are now over a year into this pandemic. It's a really difficult time and has been for so many of us. If mental health has been a struggle for you, especially during this time, this is an important episode for you. To discuss this topic, I reached out to Dr. Helen Sue. She is the lead outreach specialist, staff psychologist, Asian-American specialist, and a lecturer at Stanford University. She is also someone I've known for many, many years. We went to high school together way back in the 90s. As a functional fitness athlete and as someone who works in the mental health field, Helen can speak to the benefits of exercise as a coping mechanism. And that's what we talk about in our discussion today. So here it is, my conversation with Dr. Helen Sue. Hi, Helen. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? Yes. Happy to talk about this. Yes, me too. So you are Dr. Helen Sue. You're a staff psychologist, Asian American specialist, and lecturer at Stanford University. You're also a uh, former classmate of mine at Monta Vista High School, Mm -hmm. class of 92. And I have you here today uh, because first of all, you are a seasoned athlete. That's first and foremost. We're going to get into that a little bit. But Today, I want to talk about exercise as a coping mechanism, particularly in these COVID times that we're in. I think you can provide a really unique perspective for that, and I'm looking forward to what you have to share here. So before we do that, though, I'm going to ask you the question I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time?
1: Mm -hmm. I just turned 47.
0: Happy birthday. Yep. (laughs) All right. So let's go back in time. Uh, Did you grow up playing sports?
1: What did your early athletic life look like? I didn't really have like sports leagues or those kind of things because they cost money, which is not something we had a lot of. But my dad has been a martial arts teacher full time, like professionally since, well, since before I was born. So there was like this definite sense of like, yeah. Movement is important and you should be active. So that was always in my household growing up. And I guess the only real regular discipline I did since childhood was dance. Yeah. So we quickly figured out that taking Kung Fu from my father would just get the two of us ticked off at each other. So (laughs) Not beneficial for the relationship. (laughs) Right. After a little bit of Kung Fu, they decided, okay, we'll find her a dance teacher. So I actually did that from elementary school through college really. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So you were always active, always moving, always physical, whether it's unstructured or through the discipline of dance. Yes. Okay. And then in your adulthood, because, you know, when I got on, you know, when I got on Facebook and started connecting with high school classmates on Facebook, something that stood out to me with you is that you were into CrossFit, um, and, and weightlifting. So tell me about how you got into that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the sport formerly known as CrossFit. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, there's been a lot of controversy (laughs) there too.
1: Functional fitness. Let's say that. I mean, one thing I'll acknowledge first was that, you know, actually there was a long period of time in my twenties. I was terribly unhealthy, um, because I was in graduate school. I didn't sleep well for like, I don't know, five or six years Mm -hmm. and
0: the nature of grad school for so many,
1: you know, was just in terrible shape from stress and lack of sleep and no time for exercise. And then in my thirties. I started running, right? Cause I think a lot of listeners would agree. It's a low gear kind of thing you can do.
0: It's a low barrier of entry just to get yeah. started in running. And several of my guests on this podcast have talked about that as well, yeah. is that, you know, you have a pair of shoes and the ability to go out your front door, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. at least on a starting basis before you start investing in races and things like that. But exactly. tell me, tell me about how that got started.
1: hmm I think just started running at the park near my house, made some running friends. Yeah, a lot of women kind of, it felt like in the thirties were like trying to get some time back for themselves. Maybe their kids were old enough or like with myself, my career was stable enough to try to get some time. And then was doing races for a while. But, you know, as the 5K became a 10K, became half marathons and then Obstacle races, which I loved, the very first Tough Mudders and Spartan races in NorCal. So then I realized I really like variety. Mm-hmm. That right. why I was like, why do I like obstacle races so much? It's because there's different skills, right? You climb or you could crawl or you could run or you could swim. But I actually kind of like that more than running. Plus, I got a little worried, you know, this is a thing about age, that a lot of long distance women who run start to have like hip or knee issues and so I was a little concerned so I thought well here's this CrossFit thing I'll just do it for a winter because I can't run outside which is my preferred thing it's already dark when I get out and I like the variation the varied movement so let's just do that and then it stuck I guess it's been nine or ten years now
0: oh wow yeah That's awesome. And yeah, I understand, you know, the repetitive stress of running as you age, going in a forward motion as you age. It's actually, you know, I'm learning a lot about types of movements that are beneficial for women as we move into menopause and things like that. And the multidirectional stress is what's really being emphasized um, in these years. It's like, you know, yeah, run if you love running, but don't forget to move in all other directions as well. Um, and lift heavy weight. It's super important as we age too. So you're getting, you're getting a little bit of all of that. It sounds like, are you still, are you still running? Are you still doing any running or obstacle racing or anything like that?
1: I haven't given up obstacle racing, although in pandemic, obviously that's not been on, you
0: know, well, yeah, as, as an avid obstacle racer, I haven't done a race since February of 2020. So I totally get it.
1: Yeah. But I, have <laughs> you know, I'm not really doing long runs anymore. Um, right. Being careful about things like I had a bout of plantar fasciitis and, you know, kind of got that taken care of. So right now, pandemic life, it's sort of like parking lot CrossFit mm-hmm.
0: workouts
1: are the <laughs> best we can do in hikes but it's good right and I think uh, I used to work briefly for a private doctor he also had a private bone density machine and so we would talk a lot about that and I I was like wow how come people are not hearing more about how important weight-bearing exercise is for women's bone density
0: yeah Yeah,
1: it's it's because
0: yeah, and there's a number of reasons for that. A big one being a lot of the tests and fitness, a lot of the studies just aren't being done on women. Yeah, you know, and definitely not being done on aging women. So you know, women are getting a lot of the same recommendations for aging men or men in general, and it's just different, you know. And so dealing with the muscle and bone density loss that we experience as we age um, that multiplies as we age. Mm. And then women in general are conditioned to think that it's like, you need to take it easy as you get older, when really we need to be lifting heavy weight and doing high intensity exercise. And so that sounds counterintuitive for some women, but that's actually what is necessary for bone density. And if more people had the opportunity to do these bone density tests, they might know that they might understand that because they can see it for themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, and I love that you're still able to do parking lot, you know, lifting workouts. And yay, California! Yay, California! That is, you know, we are privileged to have that here. You know, I literally work out in my apartment garage. I bring my weights out and do it right there. But but the pandemic does require us to be a little creative in all realms of our lives, but with fitness as well. So. You know, you told me when we first started having conversations about having you come on the show, you said, and I I used your quote to start off, exercise is my number one coping mechanism. And that's in general, right? Not just pandemic
1: related. Yes.
0: can Can you tell me a little bit more about that for you?
1: Yeah. Part of it is I'm not able to talk about my work stress, right? All my clients, it's all confidential. And a lot of it is heavy or traumatic and not something I would share with a non-therapist anyway. So talking about my work is really not an option and having my own therapy, something I've had in the past but haven't really had in recent years. And exercise has always been, well, first of all, physically I realized like many of you, I started to realize that my body holds and expresses stress a lot
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> so I got really good at like noticing, like, okay, if my stomach is doing this, I need to like do something.
0: Right. Uh-huh. You get you become in tune with the mm-hmm. signals. And it's right. different for everybody. Some people holding their neck and shoulders, yeah. feeling it in your gut, it sounds like. Yeah.
1: So we do. We talk with clients about this too. Like, mm-hmm. did you know, right? Your digestive system or your skin system. Those are actually your two biggest organ systems. And so if they're talking to you, like, hey. You need to look at what's happening. So for me, it's definitely I'll feel it my digestion, or like this. You know, it's just, just an example of how random but unique to you. The signs might be of stress. Like I will literally get a rash on one elbow. Huh. That's often like, uh oh, you know, like it's here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> I need to do something right. I have a client who gets canker sores in her mouth. So it's like realizing that our mind and body is one. You know, culturally too. Um from Taiwan, I'm Chinese American, like mind, body health is how I see things. Yeah. And so exercise has always been like the easiest way that I can have some fun, distract my mind, but also release stress, you know, increase endorphins, all the things Mm -hmm. that exercise naturally does to help your body heal, because our bodies are amazing, our mind bodies, Yes. People do heal and recover from all kinds of things, but we kind of have to give it the ability to do so, right? Yeah. Allow ourselves the exercise, the food, the rest to let ourselves heal. Yeah. And I've
0: talked to a number of athletes who have had traumatic life threatening illnesses, traumatic injuries that, you know, living a life of, eating well, moving well, has been able to help them manage things that could kill them, mm-hmm. You know, very likely could kill them, but they've been able to keep it at bay and manage it. And, and so getting, getting in tune with your body is, it's a hard thing for a lot of people to do um, that, you know, we, you talked about the, the signals, the rash on your elbow, the canker sores mm-hmm. that so many people just put up with. Like, yeah. we're just trained. It's like, uh, this happens. This is just a thing. This rash happens to me every so often, and I just put up with it. So, what advice would you have to help people become more aligned with their mind body?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fabulous question. One, you know, I love, sorry, I can't remember who, but I love the person on Twitter today who's like, Are you driving your body like the car with the check engine light on? And you just keep driving. You know,
0: right? And and raise your hand if you're listening, and you do this. And I'm raising my own hand. Like we do it
1: all. The, you know, like maybe that light will just turn off. Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so part of it, right? I often ask people think about like, and reflect on like, when was the last time you felt at your like healthy baseline mind body? And like, kind of first of all, can you remember? Because for some people, that's when I ask just that simple question, they'll go, "Oh crap." The last time I felt my healthy, happy baseline was like years ago. Right? They (laughs) might not even remember what that feels like. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's been that long. Or if it wasn't that long ago, hopefully, but still to compare like, okay, so maybe I felt really pretty good last January. How do I feel compared to this February, right? Mm -hmm. And that might give you a sense of like, oh, am I really like off somewhere? Another more homeworky thing is, There's a book that's been out for a long time now, but there's also a lecture on YouTube by Dr. Robert Sapolsky. He's at Stanford, but the book was called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And he's a funny guy. So if you watch the video, read the book, it's not just drudgery. He's really funny. (laughs) But all his research really explains why chronic stress gives us all these diseases and symptoms. And it all makes so much sense. And it really helped me conceptualize like okay this is why this is happening and to not see your body as your enemy because that's what we do we're like oh god i have this annoying headache i'm just gonna take you know advils Mm -hmm. instead of like oh am i hydrated
0: right do i need to like (laughs) meditate you know like Like, and, and that's baseline stuff like drinking water eating the right amount of food to support, to, to allow your body to have the energy to do the things it needs to do every single day. Um, and, and we place ourselves in such a limiting space too, or we wait until I'm thirsty. I'm not going to drink until I'm thirsty. I'm not going to eat until I'm hungry, but sometimes you don't get those signals. And especially as we age, sometimes we don't get those signals. So what can we do proactively to give our body the fuel, the energy, the repairs To make that check engine light go off.
1: (laughs) And the self-talk, right? As a psychologist, right? So much of it is sometimes like checking in, like what is your self-talk? And I think a lot of us, when we feel bad, mind or body, we make it worse by having meta emotions, Mm -hmm. right? We get judgy on ourselves, like, oh, why is my back hurt? Like, or I shouldn't feel anxious. (laughs) Like this is, no, we just like, it's like, nope. Again, symptoms are just signals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I recently had an injury. I had a calf injury just from running, just came out of nowhere. Um, I was running for, I was doing like a one minute interval and felt a pain in my calf. I had to stop and I've had calf injuries before. So it's like, I know I got to take a break. I got to stretch it. I got to roll it. I got to do all the therapy things, but I was getting annoyed on week three, week four. It's like, why is this not better? like and and i i caught myself having that moment where it's like i'm pissed at myself for not healing fast enough <laughs> yes. um and i had to do that check in and it's like no you know we're going to take a step back and we're going to chill until it's done healing because it will like we've yeah. been here before you know but you but you have to chill but people do they 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 push they test they get mad and, and get pissed. And, and then there's the, you know, the negative self-talk and the shame that can come as well that we've all experienced.
1: Mm-hmm. And we can get really rigid, which again, it's totally understandable. Like we, we like to stick with what we know and under stress, we might cling even harder to what we know instead of like maybe taking a step back and like, you know what? Okay. So I can't jump or run right now what else can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Try something new for a bit. I
0: threw my roller skates back on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, well, I can skate. So I'm going to do that instead. And that was, that was definitely helpful for me. So yeah, now this topic is we're about to amplify this topic a little bit and, and amp it up because I'm going to bring the pandemic into the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, checking in with your baseline. When's the last time you felt your baseline? And for some people, for many people that was now pushing a year ago or more mm-hmm. because we've been in this pandemic and everything changed. Everything got chaotic. Routines were thrown off. If you were living a fit life, maybe you haven't been because your gym's been shut down, you don't have the space. And if you haven't been, you know, it likely didn't start now. (laughs) And and then we bring in, you know, we bring in the heightened stress, the lack of control, the chaos. So um, what role can exercise play for people and how can they bring it into their? What are ways people can bring it into their life if they haven't been able to and they're feeling that the spirals that have come with pandemic life?
1: yeah. I mean, normalizing, right? We, we are literally almost exactly one year away from when most of us entered shelter in place, when more deaths started happening and everyone realized this is serious. So starting with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like acknowledging that you may have had grief, you may have had economic strife, like different things that have happened this year. Part of how you deal with psychological toll of uncertainty, which is high, is like, okay, What are the parts that I have a little control, right? And so things like my eating or sleeping or exercise, that's a very small thing that may feel mundane, but I can control that part. Here, I can't control government policies or like what's happening um, with the vaccine schedule, right? And knowing that like, we also can't control this like virus, but I can make myself as healthy as possible, right? That is the most protective thing I can do. Knowing the data about, like, exercise releases endorphins, improves sense of well-being, improves sleep. You know, these are things that we can do. And hopefully you can find a type of exercise that is fun or soothing and that, that can also be helpful.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I've noticed in my own experience, like this, this has been my experience because exercise has been the non-negotiable in all of this for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working at home. I had a gym, the gym is closed. We, we moved out in December, but now my gym is my garage and, yeah. <laughs> and I have equipment that I took from the gym that I held on to. And so, you know, my husband and I at six in the morning, we go down in the garage and there's nobody else down there. Like we feel safe because nobody in our apartment complex is doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Not as cuckoo as we are in regards to exercise. Um, but we love it because it is, we crave that routine that can be really hard to, to have during this time. We crave that certainty and that structure and we get that through our workouts. So, that has been our non-negotiable between our garage workouts and between running uh, in our neighborhood. And we found a local trail that is not well-trafficked and is very wide. So we go to the same trail every weekend Mm -hmm. uh, because it's the trail we can trust. So we have found our own versions of what fitness life can look like. But for us, you know, the struggle for us has been that we are very race motivated. Like we are very, and, and I think listeners of this podcast might feel the same in a lot of ways because we a lot of our athletes are like that that we've interviewed Mm -hmm. um, that we are driven by these events these races these competitions Uh, so and you you've participated in these things as well you've been motivated by these things so what has worked for you during this time or what advice do you have for people who have struggled with the motivation to even exercise because whether or not they've been motivated by races or just period don't have the motivation what advice do you have for for that
1: a big thing is figuring out what modality might be helpful for you and also that it's okay if it evolves so what do I mean by that like I know a lot of people who really helps to have some competition or accountability right so they're competing with other people about steps or they've actually signed on to one of these apps that help you gamify your goals, whether that's, you know, other life goals or work or fitness goals, right? I'm not a gamer. That doesn't work for me. But if, you know, like figuring out your modality, if that really does, that's really something. Some people putting up something really visual, you know, about how much I logged this week or something or posting, right? Like knowing Mm -hmm. what motivates you and going with that modality. Just like sometimes I have clients who feel like they have to do a certain type of exercise. And I'm like, if it doesn't suit you, you don't have to do that kind. Yeah. Right? Like if you love dancing and you hate weightlifting, that's okay. (laughs) Right.
0: Especially now, because the point is movement. Like the point is regular movement. So if if you're just like wrestling with this modality that you don't enjoy, and life is hard and harder than usual, your likelihood of doing this regularly and having it stick is like very minimal.
1: Yeah. So, so or not to get caught up in perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can't do a whole hour. It's like, don't do anything. It's like, no, you can do 20 minutes. That's all you got today.
0: <laughs> this is a conversation I've had with clients, potential clients. It's actually something I've built into my fitness membership program because mm-hmm. we started out when I started out the program and I, I do out at home workouts for people, they were about, 40 minutes long. Some people were way into that. And some people are like, I can't. And I'm like, all right, we're going to make 20 minute versions for you. Yeah. Uh, Because I want to remove all barriers (laughs) for people to get, get their workouts in. Um, And that is also potentially something people need to look into is like what barriers are in place, whether they're external barriers or internal barriers that you're putting up and what can you do or how can you get help to remove those barriers
1: mm-hmm. to be curious i would say approach things as an experiment because it can also be yeah so our perfectionism right it gets in the way if it's like i must do it this way it's like no you don't <laughs> you know yeah or um i can't do it right or well you know it's going to bother me so things like when i'm on yoga or dance now in zoom like i don't turn on my camera yeah You know, like, sorry, instructor. I know it's more fun for them if people are, but like, if I'm just like, I've had enough time on Zoom today or- (laughs)
0: You spend a lot of time on Zoom.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, or like, I don't want to be feeling like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Like, this is just for me. Mm -hmm. Do it, Yeah. right? Like, do what feels better for you. And also if it might evolve. Early in pandemic, regularly, I was doing garage workouts on Zoom with friends. But after a few months of that, it got colder, garage workouts were more miserable. My garage is quite cold. And we were getting bored. Like, how many burpees and push ups can you possibly do? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And, and limited dumbbells and people using like laundry jugs and soup cans, like, you know, things that you work to adapt, but then got really boring. And so then, weather's better now or outdoors, or a lot of uh, families now are like exploring a new park or a trail. Yes. Every weekend or so, like just go outside and check it out. Like, yeah, that's okay to change it up. Yeah. Yeah. Changing it up is awesome.
0: Finding something that lights you up. That is interesting. I think that is the key to the roller skating trend. That has happened, uh-huh. <laughs> um, which has been really interesting to me as a longtime roller skater to see people get so excited about roller skating and it got me really excited about roller skating like I, I hadn't roller skated in years, but yeah. I'm like I have skates like I'm going to put them back on and, and my my workouts evolved over the pandemic too, because there was a period of time where I skated, I just skated on a path every Saturday, like every single Saturday, it was my me time. I put on my music and I skated by myself and then it got cold. Just like you said, it got cold and I'm like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. And now it's starting to warm up again. And I, and I've been, you know, looking at, you know, Instagrams of really amazing dance skaters. And I'm like, I want to learn how to do that now. Mm-hmm. I'll just save their video and go to a little rink by myself where no one's watching and yeah. work out my awkward moves all by myself. And so, you know, there. That's, that's just my story and you have your story, but you know, what is a thing you've always wanted to do that you can start practicing even in your own home Mm -hmm. and it can be fun and it can light you up because those are the workouts where the endorphins come out and you get that serotonin release and you're feeling good and you're having fun and that's what that's what we really want to look into tapping into um, especially during this time.
1: Right but I think one of the downsides of it being so long is everyone's hitting the wall of pandemic fatigue and stress, yes. right? Living this long with constant uncertainty. I mean, it's not normal or natural. So it's very stressful. And yet we've been in it so long that people now feel like, well, shouldn't I be okay or used to this? It's like, no, <laughs> Yeah, you should not. So yeah, getting out of that judgment piece, right? I feel like what we said earlier about like, oh, we get mad at our bodies if we have symptoms or need rest or, oh, we expect so much from ourselves or, oh, we expect to have to be really good at something if we're going to do it for exercise. Like, I feel like that's like treating our health and our mind bodies like some kind of capitalistic commodity. Right. (laughs) You know, which it's like, no, you're a human being. There's people who love you. Your body, you know, is amazing. And if it's fun and it's movement, like it doesn't matter, like how great you look or are you winning something necessarily, especially now.
0: Yeah. I think now is a really interesting opportunity. And I'm using this opportunity word very deliberately to really start getting in tune with your body. And really work on that mind-body connection, and you know I've I've been paying more attention to that myself. But from a hormonal standpoint, um, because you know I'm 46 years old myself, perimenopause is likely soon to happen, or maybe already happening. And that's the fun of perimenopause is you right. don't really know. <laughs> but basically, hormones are going haywire, on top of life going haywire. And so I am taking this opportunity to be more connected with my body and follow my cycle a little more. And follow some recommendations around training with your cycle. For example, Mm -hmm. in the weeks, you know, in the days before your period is expected, maybe pulling back a little bit. Um, being mindful of when I'm feeling more fatigued, when I'm feeling more tired to maybe pull back on my intensity a little bit, still doing the workouts, but like not forcing it, you know, not forcing that push, but actually pulling back on the intensity. Um, taking heart rate variability readings, which I've done for a long time, but that's Mm -hmm. something you can do very easily to look for signals that you may not be noticing yourself that could be happening in your body and then honoring that. So, you know, last week I was doing my regular workouts, but because I was being mindful of this stuff, I was using lighter weights Mm -hmm. and I felt better. Like I felt better in the workouts. Um, So using those variations and fluctuations and following a similar path, through monitoring your hormones, you know, your hormonal shifts, which you have to figure out how to do intuitively early on. um, You can use those techniques to work through the pandemic stress shifts as well. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it's it's an interesting thing, but becoming more in tune with noticing, hey, I'm tired. Hey, I'm fatigued. Hey, I'm moody. Hey, I'm all of these things. Maybe I don't need to, you know, be hard. First of all, I don't need to be hard on myself. And maybe I don't need to push so hard on my workouts, but I can, I can modify and adapt so that I can still get that movement, but not be stressing myself further. So Mm -hmm. becoming more adept at that, this is an opportunity to practice that.
1: Right. Like one workout is not going to make or break me to rest today right? And allow myself what my body needs will help me be longer. So one of the things I realized at one point when I was doing, you know, half marathons, doing a lot of obstacle races, I did a couple local CrossFit competitions, but I sat down at one point and was like, okay, this is taking a lot of time and energy. I have a pretty serious day job. And I had to really ask, like, what is my goal? And it was like, you know, I don't really need to be like my priorities are, you know, like the value of my work, my community work, my family, and actually my fitness goal is longevity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for seasoned athletes, I think that's a thing, thing about like, I realized my goal was to be as active as long as possible. My dad is 80. He is still teaching and doing Kung Fu.
0: Amazing. Awesome.
1: I want that. I don't want to blow myself out with an injury, you know, before I'm 50, which I've seen happen at CrossFit all the time. Yeah. I've seen people come in super gung-ho and then just really hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. So pandemic is similar. I think it's forced a lot of people to really think about what matters and what does health mean and how do I really value and treasure the fact that being healthy is such a like precious gift. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not a guarantee. And it doesn't have to be motivated by these like big external goals because in, we're in a world where they don't exist for many people. So we do have to make that shift. Um, My husband and I came to terms pretty early on and it's like, we just want our bodies to move well and we want to feel good, you know, and we'll get back to racing because we love racing. We love how we feel on race courses, but you know, right now it's, it's about maintenance It's about feeling good, being able to move well every single day. And that's important. That's super important during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Giving ourselves like the, the compassion and care. Right. Um, Right.
0: It's, mm -hmm. it's so huge and it's, it's a hard trap to, you know, or not a hard trap. It's an easy trap to fall into to not do that. And, you know, I think many of us have dealt with pandemic weight gain. And, you know, I have, I have come to terms with that, that I have gained a little weight in pandemic and it's, it's easy. You know, I, as a coach really push to not put any shame around Mm -hmm. body size, weight. And yet culturally, (laughs) sometimes I fall into the trap too, where it's like, how did, how did this happen? And I have to take a step back and be like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. We're in a pandemic. I'm eating for comfort that's okay. We need comfort. That is a part of this whole experience, but I still get up and move because that is also a part of this whole experience. Right.
1: Yeah. That I think we know that how someone looks or how much they weigh has a limited correlation with how healthy they actually are. Absolutely. But we're just so tortured by all this like ridiculous (laughs) body standard stuff, you know, um, And definitely, especially during pandemic stress, you know, we mentioned earlier, some people are binge eating and if you're binging extremely, then that's not healthy and you should get support. And there's great supports because a lot of people are feeling that, but also reasonable levels of like seeking comfort right now is so natural. Yes. I was joking last week in my staff meeting, like, I think I should write this book chapter called like your therapist also had ice cream for breakfast. (laughs) See, it's okay. <laughs> because I was talking to people who were just like beating themselves up for like, oh, I ate this whole pint and I've just been so stressed. And it's like, it's okay. <laughs>
0: oh. I mean, have you seen the world we're living in?
1: Have yes. you seen the
2: level?
0: Have you noticed the level of stress that you're under? Mm-hmm. Like no judgment here. No judgment whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, you know, you're 47 years old. You want to move well. We're going to step away from the pandemic a little bit and back into the season side. Mm-hmm. Uh, your goal is longevity, but you do love doing competitive events and races and things like that. I want to talk about, you know, sort of advantages and challenges around being a seasoned athlete for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what type of, you know, unique challenges have you found you face as you continue to age and live a very active physical lifestyle?
1: I think a lot of people with you know, responsibilities would share that just challenges are probably primarily around like time management, Mm -hmm. sometimes resource management, all of that's been going, you know, better, but definitely time is huge. Right. And, and we're child-free, so we're better off than most, but we do take care of our parents. And so, right. Do you have the time to train properly, to take on like a big race and balancing that with, not hurting yourself by doing things that you haven't trained for well, doing things safely. And I've seen enough people get hurt though, that I think it very much keeps me relatively conservative. Right. (laughs) and Because not
0: only do you want to have the longevity, but you have responsibilities. You're taking care of family. It would be a problem if you had a major injury, right? Mm
1: -hmm. But I do think maybe the challenges of being older and having responsibilities, but having the wisdom to apply that, like knowing... I'm more likely to get hurt if I'm already like super fried this week, right? And tailoring as needed. Sometimes it is a challenge too about peers, right? That I don't always necessarily have a lot of peers my age who want to do some of the same activities. So that can be kind of a bummer.
0: Yes. Which is why, you know, a big reason why I do this podcast, because I Mm -hmm. want to connect people to, to their peers, especially people over 40 and even more, especially women over 40, because there is a level of isolation from your peers that happens, uh, peers in your age group that happens mm-hmm. at this stage of life. Yes. Um, and physical activity and sports ca- are a way to connect you to communities of people who are your age or mm-hmm. who are younger, but finding more people who are your age, love what you love, what you do because they do it too and get you and can support you. Um, but you know, now we are fairly isolated. So I'm sure that is pronounced. Uh, But that can be a challenge is just Mm -hmm. finding finding those. those Finding the
1: right community, Mm -hmm. right? Racing and running, there was a running group and that was like, great. I made some friends. We spent, got to spend time training and socializing. Our particular CrossFit gym has been a great community. In fact, I mean, it's a lot of what drew people to CrossFit. I mean, we really realized our gym was the first time in, more than a decade living here that we were really meeting and socializing with people who are not in either of our work fields which was great it can be off putting though because i know not every gym and certainly not every crossfit gym feels welcoming to women or women of a certain age you know that i've definitely visited a lot of boxes and not all of them are like as attuned to and welcoming of a seasoned athlete
0: yeah. It's, it's magic when you find your place, but every gym is individual. And right. as, and, you know, typically are, are welcoming to new people, but there are, there are subtle differences. And I've been there too, where I've been mm. at gyms where I'm like, I, there's not a lot of women here. I feel weird. You know, I would like there to be more women here. Right. Um, and I'd like there to be more women my age, but you know, that's what I love about the racing community is the broad age ranges. Yeah. And especially as a competitive racer, I, you know, my competitors are all my age. They're all amazing. They kick my butt, but I love them for it. You know. Um, but yeah, finding that gym and that community can be a challenge, and that that is a big driver for what I do as well uh, with with my coaching programs that are specifically for women over forty because I know it's needed,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I want to again remove that barrier because that the trial and error of finding that space can that can be a lot yeah so I'm glad you have found yours so I'm going to move on to a to the flip side of the this question which you've answered in a few ways uh, but what kinds of unique advantages do you find your age provides that helps you do what you love doing in regards to your fitness and athletics
1: yeah as we mentioned in almost every way I'm much more like in a healthy relationship or awareness with my own mind and body than I was when I was younger. Right, where it felt like almost like trying to beat down or master something instead of like being very present and mindful and appreciative, really. Right, I've also talked people like I've had a couple surgeries, and you know, you really appreciate what how amazing it is just to be like normal, reasonably healthy, right? And how do we really take good care of that gift? There's practical advantages too, right? Like just financially being in a different place in life. Like, I recently went, um, Paddleboarding and kayaking because you can do that even socially distanced. Yes, right. So that's been great. And I remember one of those outings, kayaking or paddleboarding. I was like, "Oh, I used to live near here, near the waters in Alameda. Like, why didn't I ever do this when I lived here?" And I thought, because you had no money, <laughs> you know, I'm starving grad school, <laughs> right? You know, so you know, there's a more ability to try out different things, right? Even obstacle races, they cost money and transportation. And I'm also at an age now where, like, I've always been child-free, but I have more friends now whose children are at an age that they're about to leave home. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're more available. Right. Which has been kind of fun. Like, yeah. Yeah getting to spend more time with friends that for the years their children were very small, that was really hard for them to do.
0: Yeah. And now it's like, now they have that, that time freedom and they're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've talked to a lot of athletes that this is when it happened for them is when their children were grown. And it's like, now I have the time to do long training runs or rides and mm-hmm. all of these things that I thought about doing, or maybe never thought about doing that I now get to do. So um, that's wonderful that you get to connect with friends that you probably haven't been able to see as frequently Mm. um, in this capacity.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, And what I love is you talked about the paddleboarding and just being able to do cool things. Like that's something that motivates me is like, I have the ability at age 46, 47 to just go out and stand up paddleboard or run a trail or do a race or whatever it is I want to do. And I think the more time you spend living an active lifestyle and pursuing an athletic lifestyle, the the fear barrier gets removed where when you were younger, or if you hadn't been doing this stuff, you might've thought like, I'm too old for this crap. Mm. (laughs)
1: Right. But in in reality, right. I think a lot of times when we're younger, we're more anxious, neurotic, self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I often say the best thing about becoming midlife is I'm like, I don't care <laughs> what anybody <laughs> thinks. You know, No F's left to give. Yeah. Like I <laughs> that. we had talked before offline about like, I went to trapeze school on a whim. Yes. Right. I was on a business trip in DC. I was looking up like, is there a CrossFit box or yoga, you know, something I can stop into between my meetings. And it said trapeze school. And I said, oh my gosh, all right, let's just go check it out. And it was so fun, so fun. And it has become a regular thing when I would be in DC. And one of my trips, there was a man up there flying overhead above the net in the harness who was over 70. And he just said, I just saw it and it looked interesting. So I was going to try it. And I'm like, I love that.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that reminds that there's a, someone I interviewed, um, his name is Monty Montgomery. He's 93 years old when I interviewed him. And that's been his whole philosophy for like the last 10, 15 years. Is like, yep. that looks cool. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's gone bungee jumping and, <laughs> and tried ninja warrior stuff. And now does, you know, he does Spartan races. And it's like, if, if it looks interesting, he's going to do it because you know, life is short. <laughs> and, yeah. and when, when you reach that age, it's like, I don't know how many years I have left. So I may as well, but we, we can experience that as well. You know, when we reach midlife, we reach a point where we start seeing mortality. We start seeing, you know, our friends pass away, mm-hmm. um, our contemporaries and, and it becomes really, really real that, that life is finite. We don't have time to waste thinking about whether or not this is a good idea or thinking like, you know, Is says, it
1: appropriate? Like says who?
0: <laughs> yeah, says who? Like I someone of my age and stature should not be on a trapeze. No, like do it, do the thing. Um yeah. So I, I love that mentality. And I think it's, it's so freeing mm-hmm. to be able to say, I want to do something that looks cool. Therefore I'm going to do it. I'm just going yeah. to do it.
1: And it can be on a small scale. So I even made some videos on my YouTube. So I had gone to Taiwan in December. I was on hotel quarantine. So literally- I, I followed
0: that whole thing. But yeah, I, you didn't know that I did, but I did. I was watching all of that. I was so fascinating.
1: Yeah. Like you cannot leave this room for two weeks, like at all. And maybe some people are living that in quarantine life right now. But I was like, all right, I guess I'll just do a different YouTube workout like every day. Right. And no one's here to see me look super silly, trying to keep up with the Bollywood video or, you know, like using the water bottles for this, you know, workout video, but it was really fun. And so I just think having that curiosity, right. That we can just get so up in our heads. Like I had people who said, Oh my gosh, two weeks, solo quarantine, like I, and just already feeling anxious about that. And I'm like, you know, I'm open to just see what to do with that time. And it's a rare chance to just explore stuff on and now we have you know ability to do that like on YouTube and it doesn't cost you anything and nobody needs to see you
0: right you can create a, an adventure out of anything well, like that's that's how you treated it it's like I'm gonna make this an adventure inside these these four walls and nobody was watching nobody was looking nobody was judging and you could do whatever you wanted that sounds Fun. It sounds like a fun challenge. Like I want to write that down and, and like consider it as a challenge to my clients or the people in my, my ageless women athletes group. It's like do a different workout video every day or do a you know, something that looks fun. Try yeah. it out uh, just to move every day. If you're not doing that, I, that's
1: such a fun idea. Yeah. I was absolutely um, horrible trying to do a K-pop dance routine. I have <laughs> new appreciation <laughs> that is so much harder than it looks but you yeah, it was just fun to try and i learned a little bit of it and again no one was watching you know yeah
0: that's so fun but it just speaks to your sense of adventure um that it can happen whether it's flying through the sky on a trapeze or inside a hotel room on on a youtube workout like you can we can all create adventure Absolutely. anywhere anyhow and so that's that's a really great takeaway from this conversation especially In regards to the pandemic and movement, Mm -hmm. like create adventure, open your mind to what that could look like. It could be very small or, or bigger depending on what you have access to. So
1: our bodies know how to make endorphins. If we give it, you know, the movement and our minds, you know, if you take that, yeah, the adventurous growth mindset attitude to all things in life. Yeah. That there's data about how like we are happiest when we're in flow, like just doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and,
0: and something I like to say all the time is that human beings have an unlimited capacity for growth, regardless of your age, regardless of where you're getting started. We all start where we are and have this amazing ability to grow and expand. And, you know, the really practical example of that is, is running. It's like you start not being able to run down your block and then Mm -hmm. eventually can run a 5k and then a 10k and then a half marathon and on and on and on. Um, and but it always looks impossible when you're starting. Like every next level looks impossible when you're starting. And so, but we have this capacity if we open ourselves up to it, if we allow ourselves, and that's the really key element right there. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that you, you touched upon with, with the dancing. If you kept up with the K-pop, you'd (laughs) get good at it. You know, (laughs) if that was something you wanted to do, Uh but you know, same for everything so what what advice would you have for women our age who haven't been moving at all Mm -hmm. um haven't been exercising in the pandemic what advice would you have to to introduce new movement into their lives whether it's pandemic related or or in general
1: yeah i think not getting caught up in the performance perfectionism right coaching with curiosity and being okay with like that beginner mind. Um, I've seen people, you know, who are new, for example, at our gym, like literally cry because they're, they feel so badly that they can't do stuff, but like nobody is judging them in that room except them. Nobody. Right.
0: (laughs) I've had that conversation so many times about people being intimidated by the gym. And I'm like, you're scared right now. That will, that can, dissipate quickly once you go there and realize that everybody's there to support you and everybody felt that way
1: right everyone they went there, the first time right yeah. everyone has been there when I could only do the bar mm-hmm. you know yeah. or no weights at all and so we, we've we just seen people and again I see it more in women who are yes. just judging themselves and feeling badly and and that stops them from being able to have fun and just try it.
0: yeah And
1: sometimes literally we would go up to people and be like, you know, I was doing that too. And, you know, and it might look easy now that I'm doing this other barbell thing, but I've been here 10 years like come on give yourself a break
0: right seriously but but it is true like women do this more than men men are usually it's same with like racing obstacle racing my biggest complaint is in the competitive heats there's a lot more men over 40 than women over 40 and that that explains why i get to stand on a podium when my husband finishes 20 minutes faster than me and he's in 75th place mm-hmm. like it's, it's clear right there. And it's like, I want more women to do this, Mm -hmm. but men are much more open to like, Hey, I'm in midlife. I'm going to try this crazy challenge where women, we second guess ourselves and we, and we fear judgment and we fear failure. And we put all of this crap on top of ourselves. And if we could just figure out those ways, like you said, you know, having the growth mindset, the beginner mindset, entering with a sense of curiosity, these very, very simple tools. That if more women can really adopt them, we'll see a lot more women doing this stuff, which Mm -hmm. is what I want to see.
1: Right. Doing it, enjoying your life in the process. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a friend who runs and she never places on the podium, you know, Mm -hmm. but she picks runs that like, they're joyful. They're like in the redwoods there, the wine country, you know, and it's just a personal accomplishment. And at one point her little child was like, you do a lot of races, but you never win. (laughs) (laughs) she just laughed because it was like, well, that's not what drives me. Right. Right? It's really the whole experience. And and like me, her goal is like, I just want to be active as long as possible.
0: Yep. So finding, finding that thing that, that drives you, that motivates you and whether that is, pushing yourself competitively, whether that is simply hitting the finish line, whether that is running somewhere gorgeous and beautiful. You know, there's a reason why there's a 5k for every interest in the world yeah. for like mm. wine 5k and hot chocolate 5k. And all. there's a reason for that. <laughs> you find that one. That's like, that's the thing I like. I'm going to do that one. Mm-hmm. So finding, finding that thing. Yeah. So let's visualize for a second. Pandemic's over. We're all vaccinated we can go back out in the world again. Are you looking to get back into racing, running, any, any of that stuff? What would things shift for you? How would things change for you or not change?
1: Right. I'd be happy to be back at obstacle uh, runs and not so much for time. I have not been running very much because of like being very protective about joint stuff. As I told my partner, even with the weights we're doing now, we're not maxing. Cause I'm like, under no circumstances do we want to go to the hospital right now uh, that's and legit. It, right? there were days there have been
0: days where i decided against skating for that very reason because yeah. i just was falling a lot and i'm like we're just gonna take a break from yeah. that because we do not want to go to the hospital
1: yes this is not the time <laughs> so maybe that will change a little bit and again like pushing for prs or limit when you know healthcare workers are not so overburdened
0: yeah that's fair that's absolutely fair mm-hmm. So
1: before we wrap up,
0: uh, and I ask this of all my guests, if you could leave us with one parting piece of wisdom, what would that be?
1: Really, learning to ground yourself in your mind body that it's not the enemy, it's not something to be tamed. It's really as a health professional, I see it constantly. You really are we are resilient and amazing, but you have to take really good care of it um, and like ground yourself in that so. I think, as we've been saying all along, this air of like curiosity and compassion and fun that doesn't have to change at all, no matter how old you get.
0: Yes. <laughs> In fact, the more we can be open to it, the better. Mm. You know, living living free of those those pressures and those limits, but also being connected to your mind and body and being grounded, and it's so important, and especially especially right now. So it's a it's an important thing that people can can get into and can practice now in this world that we're in. So thank you so much for sharing that. How can people learn more about you?
1: Probably on, well, on YouTube, you can just look for my name, Dr. Helen Sue. That's H-S-U, so it's silent H. And I am on Twitter and actually on Instagram, I'm Hella Mental Health. I love that. Yes. Bay Area. People, you know Bay about- area. <laughs> yep. yeah when I saw that I'm
0: like yeah that 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 tracks that tracks uh Helen thank you so much it's been fun catching up with you it's been a long time like pushing gosh is it pushing 30 years now (laughs) like oh my goodness um so yeah hopefully I'll see you at the reunion whenever that happens but uh it's been wonderful catching up with you and having this conversation and um I really love your perspective and I think it's a really important perspective and that's why I wanted to have you on the show so thank you so much for being on the season athlete yes
1: thanks see you out
0: on uh, the race course (laughs) Uh, yeah I'll see you in the next next Bay Area Spartan hopefully when we're allowed to race again now is the time to take the inspiration you get from this podcast and do something with it. And a great way to start is by joining my free Ageless Women Athletes Facebook community. This group is for women over 40, or those who are almost there, who want to stop feeling old and start living ageless. Inside the group, you'll meet women like you who will lift you up when you're down and cheer on your every win. You'll also get immediate access to videos, trainings, and tools to help you move well, feel great, and pursue the types of goals you never imagined were possible for yourself. In short, the Ageless Women Athletes community is here to help you age like an athlete, however that looks for you. To join, go to seasonedathlete.me and tap the bar at the top of the page. We'll see you inside the group.